Ladies and gentlemen, you are now tuning in to the network. Thank you. Thank you very much. As you know, your network is your network. Let's go get this money, people. Your network is your net worth. Get ready for the episode. What's going on, everybody? You are now tapping into the network where we really believe that your network is your net worth and you become who you hang around. And that's why I'm hanging with people like my brother, my cousin that I'm with today. I call him my cousin. He's not really my cousin, but he's really he's my guy. He's my guy. Um. And I really want to have you guys get ready because I've been asking him to do a favor for you guys for a while now. And that's to to give some sauce, to give some game. And I think the last time we was on Instagram, he dropped some crazy nuggets. So I want to introduce my friend, my brother, my Palestinian cousin, Os Abdelaziz. Thank you for that introduction, Justin. Appreciate it. Oh, man, you already know, man. Listen. We are here. We are here, we're and we ain't going nowhere. The sauce. We're here to talk about. Yeah, man. We're here to talk about money and how to make money. Listen, and how have you been making money recently? Uh, different ways. Uh, main source is hoteling right now. Um, that's one thing we've been we've been big on. Me and me and the team. Um, hoteling is a process that requires little to no work, and you're able to sometimes you know get a 50, 60, 70 percent return. Sometimes even a hundred percent return. On uh, your real estate. My God. And all right. So, so break that down because we was just on clubhouse and, oh, we're still on clubhouse. We're rocking. What's going on, Michael? And you were telling Michael, your strategy, how, like how you really, um, you know, kind of like started going from the wholesaling to the wholesaling. Well, I actually, initially I started as a real estate agent, um, which I still am. Um, we got into real estate. Um, we started working with buyers and sellers. Um, the market took change dramatically in the last three years. Um, I got into real estate industry, through, agent, um, real estate industry three years ago, and when I got in, things were a little settled. Uh, but then a pandemic came, and post-pandemic has been, I mean, just absolutely crazy in the real estate industry. Um, we were we were tired of flipping houses because it was very hard for us to find a flip. Um, you know, working with buyers was almost impossible here. We're in the Philadelphia market. I I specifically work in Philadelphia in the suburbs of Philadelphia. And sometimes it would take months, sometimes a year to for me to help a buyer find a house. Um, we would go through maybe 10 offers, um, before we even be considered for a house. Houses were going sometimes the highest I've seen was about $90,000 above asking price. And it's impossible for you and your buyers to predict that. And it's impossible for you to to make an offer that's even close to somebody offering, you know, $85,000 above. I've heard of people offering 200000 above asking price, which is just even crazy to even th- fathom. And uh, so, and so now let me, let me ask you this, right? What's, what's, what's the, what's the strategy behind that? So, so the strategy behind wholesaling in general is, listen, you, you want 
you want the least amount of work to do and you just want to go through properties um, as smoothly as possible. Hoteling provides that unique ability. Now you have to look for specific properties and we'll get into that in a little bit. We'll get into how to find those properties. Um, there's more than one method, um, but the main method here is for you to call the sellers yourself. Um, you're calling them. You're not wholesaling the property. Um, you're not asking them to list the property. You're not telling them that you have an investor to buy the property. You're calling them and telling them that you want the property, which you do. You're going to buy this property and you're going to take the property. And, and and we'll get into a little bit, but basically you want to buy it. Um, you might want to do some maintenance on a property. It depends on which pro- what kind of property you buy. If it's a totally distressed property, then you don't even want to touch it. If it's a property that was rented out, the renter, the tenant just moved out, um, you know, maybe paint it, maybe change the carpet. Um, but and that's the most I, that's that's the most I would do personally. Some other, some people might want to, you know, go above and beyond and and not do a complete rehab, not fix and flip, but just maybe spend ten thousand dollars on a property and relist it, put it back on a market and sell it. Came into real estate as a realtor. Um, those of you that know me know that I'm a real estate agent, and when I came in you kind of started giving me so much game because how, like how many closings do we have coming up? So in terms of just listings, um, these aren't, these aren't on the buyer side. These are just listings. We have about seven right now in the next 30 days. Um, you know, that's to, to some agents, that's a little bit to some agents. That's a lot. Um, I, I think it's, it's, it's not up to our standard. We try to aim for 10 to 15 a month. Um, you know, and that includes wholesale, that includes hotel properties, fix and flips, and obviously um, listings from, from clients as well. But let's... And, and how are, are you going to break down how you're getting the leads? Because you said the thing is you got to call them yourself. So so that's something I think I think as, as young entrepreneurs, we have to learn. You don't really need to cut off the middleman, but you have to understand how not to work with the middleman. And, and that's something that, that can be very insightful in in our industry in real estate. Whether you're a wholesaler, whether you're somebody that that's just an investor buys and holds, somebody that does the Burr method, um, you want to be able to find your own deals at your own pace. So that's something I started doing early on in my career when I first got in the industry. Uh, Mark Cumberland, who taught us um, in real estate school, he gave me he told me something very important that stuck with me. He said, you want to reach out to at least 20 to 25 people every single day as a real estate agent. Mm. And you you ask why. He said, you need to keep your name circulating. Your name has to be, so when you call 25 people a day, at least five of those people are going to talk to a friend about Al's calling and discussing real estate with them. So if you stick to that method, LOA, law of averages, and it's something we learned very early in sales, Law of averages tells you that if you speak to enough people, enough people will speak to enough people that eventually your phone will ring. Absolutely. So now how are you getting the numbers? So there's different ways. You There's the main method, obviously, and this is something I learned from wholesalers and wholesaling properties myself, is there's PropStream. PropStream is a software that you can use where you can download prop, a list of properties um, and you can break it down. Maybe you want um, properties with owners that are delinquent on their taxes. You might want properties with, um, you know, a lot of liens on it, maybe an absentee owner. And we can go down the list, the divorce, whatever the case may be. You pull that list, you download it, look at all these addresses. There's two ways you can do it. If the mailing address mailing on address. that list is the same as the address that you're looking up, then more than likely the owner lives there. If 
the mailing address is different, then the owner does not live there. It's he lives somewhere else. It's either a rental property or it's maybe a property he just abandoned. Talking about um, acquiring your own sellers. You want yes. to be able to find sellers. Estate, anybody that's in a real estate industry needs to understand who's interested in selling. And you need to know a way to find out who's interested in selling. It's very important. Whether you're in a furniture business, you're staging. Whether you're a realtor looking for listings. Whether you're an investor looking for a fix and flip. You need to figure that out. And a lot of people sort of sit back and wait for people to list properties for them. They'll just check the MLS periodically to find a property. No, no, no. That's not going to work. You're not. You're not going to. You're going to work at other people's pace if you do that. The the one thing you need to do is get on the phone, call people, and find people that that want to sell. It's easier for you to negotiate direct with the seller instead of a middleman. I have somebody, and I can sell their property, right? Yes. I know that that's the same as being able to wholesale a property, right? So, Almost. So if you have somebody that's interested in selling, there's just. Different ways. So as a, as a real estate agent, first and foremost, you have a fiduciary duty to uphold. Yeah, can't forget about that. You can't. So if you approach a seller and the seller said that they want market value for it, they they want they want you to represent them at the, as as the as the agent, then you have to just go by that. You, you agree with them unless you're buying it for yourself. Disclose that you're an agent, and I'm just I'm, I'm interested in buying your property. I'm not interested in listing it or selling it for you. I'm interested in buying it for myself. Um, so if you have a seller, um. First thing you want to do is you want to, if, you, if you're looking to buy, you want to tell them that you're looking to buy as a real estate agent for yourself. If for some reason they, they ask for too much money and you can't buy it yourself, then you can go the real estate route. And um, so always know, have an investor cap on. Of course, all, all the time. I mean, because that's the majority of who you work with, right? You work with mostly investors, right? I mean, all of our, I started working with um, one of the biggest investors here in Philadelphia. He owns over a thousand properties, that includes lands, businesses, et cetera, et cetera. I still work with him. Um, and he's somebody that I, I've learned a lot from in terms of investing. Um, he's a buy and hold guy. His money's long enough where he can just buy millions of dollars in properties every year and never think about selling. Mm. And um, it's it's funny because he's the reason I got in the whole, in the whole selling. He, I sit with him for every day, um, seven days a week for hours every day. And his phone wouldn't stop ringing. And who was calling them? Real estate, uh, not real estate agents. Wholesalers. Wholesalers. And all of them had the same exact pitch. I mean, it it it, it, it never fails. Hey, how you doing? My name is so-and-so. Am I speaking to the homeowner? If yes, uh, I, I'm a cash buyer. And then they'll go on with their, with, with their, with their script. Um, that's something that taught me a lot before I started calling my own clients. But anyway, I want to. And, and yeah, I wanted to get there. So how did, how did you start with this? Because you have a. You have a pretty big company, don't you? So we have a pretty big wholesale company, and we've um, we started about a year and a half ago. We have about anywhere between ten to fifteen employees, depends on our turnover. Um, and you know, each one has his own task, and, and they sit there and they call people. But you know, the, how I started, I think, is important. So here's what happened. Um, I remember I was looking for a property for one of my investors. Okay. And I stumble upon this wholesaler and I say, hey, can you send me a list of properties you have for sale? He sends me a list. Okay. I not think much of it. You know, Kind of like the list. list you be sending me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. This one just a lot shorter. So, you know, we, we agree on a price. I, I think it was about $70,000 at the time we ended up buying a property. 
Um, and then it was time for settlement. I look at the HUD, and the wholesaler was making $30,000. And Sheesh. Sheesh. And they were paying me 2.5%. So I was, was walking away with about $2,000. He's oh, walking away with 28000 And that's when I realized that whatever I'm doing um, is something I should probably stop doing. And I need to look into wholesaling a little more. I had no idea what they were doing. I didn't. I didn't even. I just thought they owned the property and they were selling us the property. Turns out they weren't. Turns out they assigned the contract onto us and they charged the seller an assignment fee, or the buyer, in that case. Okay, so now let's. This is so much, man. So that's when I realized that the majority of money is in wholes in wholesaling. A lot of money is in wholesaling. Because you make your own price, right? Well, not necessarily. A lot of times the seller that makes the price. But a lot of sellers, listen, this is why wholesalers tend to focus on certain properties, um, distressed properties, um, absentee owner properties. And you can go down the list, um, tax delinquent properties. They they focus on these because um, a lot of times, I would say about 60% of the time, the seller just wants to sell and he's he's very motivated to sell. Whether if it's a debt tax delinquent property, then then what that means is the seller needs to sell, or the city will take it away from him or sell it sell it at the tax auction. So every that's why wholesalers go go after people that are racing against time. Um, mm-hmm. You want to be able to sell it quick. Okay, we're gonna have to give the buyer a discount, it, and it goes down a list. I mean that's that's what everyone does. You, it's rare that you say you see a wholesale deal that's just recently been rehabbed. I mean it's all I've never even seen it ever where. The seller fixed the property, top to bottom, and decided to wholesale it. That that doesn't work. Usually, you list yeah, those kind of properties. Yeah. So that so that's that's one thing I think that's something it's important for people to to know, um, before they start looking for for sellers. You don't want to call, for example, um, the suburbs of Westchester. I mean, nobody's gonna. These people have real estate agents they work with. I'm sure they know how much their house is worth, and you're not gonna find a cash buyer. Um, for a million dollars, it's not gonna happen. You might, of course. There's a lot of people out there that that do drop that kind of money on um, on, on real estate in cash, um, but it's rare. But mm. it- all right, so listen, guys, we are live on YouTube, um, and if you are on YouTube, please drop a comment in the in the section. Drop a question in the comment section and. Um, let's be able to, um, help you out. So, so I want to finish, I want to finish talking about, um, leads. So you find that list, you take that list from whatever platform that you're using to get that list, whether it's prop stream, batch leads, there's hundreds of websites. Just go to Google. Um, and in the search engine, just put, um, you know, wholesale sellers leads, real estate sellers leads, whatever the case may be, you'll find different platforms that you can use to acquire that list. You took that list and then you have to contact each individual. Like I said, if the mailing address is the same as the um, property address, then it would pay for you to go visit. If you really want the property, it would pay for you to go visit that house, knock on a door, introduce yourself and talk to the seller about potentially buying a property. It all depends. Don't listen. Real estate is not like selling cars. It's, it's not like selling any sort of product that you've sold before. Real estate is different. You really can't convince somebody to sell if they don't want to sell. It's that simple. You can't. It's impossible. And you don't even want to be that guy that convinces somebody to sell when they don't want to sell. Absolutely. Um, no, because that's not even right. You it, know what I mean? It, it's not. It's not. You If they're interested in selling, they're interested in selling. If they're not, then you just give them your number and tell them to call you whenever they're ready to sell. But anyway, you take that list. You 
you either vet, you either pay the seller a visit. Um, if the mailing address is the same on that list, if it's not the same, you want to you want to skip that that address. You want to take that. Can address. you break down what skipping means? I feel like I talked about this like a thousand times already. But so skipping is basically you. So you're using different search engines to acquire the phone number of the seller. Now these search engines. And is the, all right. So maybe let me rephrase my questions. So if you driving for dollars, for instance, right? Yeah. When you're driving for dollars, you're you're targeting a house that you think that they might possibly want to sell. Exactly. Because of the appearance and everything, ugly right. house in a good neighborhood. So, anyways. When you get that data, is that when you skip it? No, I usually I, I skip them in batches. So I I'll look up a zip code, for example. Um, I'll pull the list out. Um, there's a lot of properties in Philadelphia that are owned by the Philadelphia Land Bank. Um, I don't call them obviously. There's uh, you know different properties that are owned by certain companies that I, I go through the list and I take them off that list. And now I'll go to a website, Batch Leads, for example, is one of them. And I'll plug in that list, and it'll give me the number of. If I'm looking up an entire zip code, you're probably talking to three thousand people. Um, and I'll save that list. Um, whether I call them right then and there, or maybe I call them later, it doesn't make a difference. But I always do call them. So my goal right now, when I first started, when I first got into real estate, I aimed at calling at least twenty-five people a day, introducing myself, asking if they're interested in in the real estate market, and understanding what's going on in it currently. And um, right now I try to call anywhere between 40 to 50 people a day. And I've gotten, I mean, I've gotten so many leads, so many properties from just talking to random people about real estate. You know, I'll give them a call, introduce myself, tell them why I work with, which company I work with. And then I ask them if, if they know, if, if they've been reading about the real estate industry and what's currently happening in the real estate industry. And if somebody says yes, I'll be like, you know, what's, what do you think? What's, what do you, what do you think is, um, but it's your forecast for the real estate industry and it gets people going. Uh, yeah, because pat- everybody thinks they have the crystal ball, right? Yeah, everybody thinks either the market is crashing. Uh, I would say 80% of the people think the market is crashing, that we're in a bubble and this bubble is going to burst, which in my opinion is you've never been further from being right, um, from being wrong. I'm sorry. And, right. and what do you think? What's your, what's your crystal ball, Oz? Listen, I... I don't know the unknown and I can't claim that I know the unknown, but in my opinion, in my humble opinion, Philadelphia and the entire East coast has a lot of room to grow. And we're talking years of growth. Philadelphia is one of the most affordable cities in the world. One of the most affordable cities in the world, not just in the U S in, in the world, in the world guys. <laughs> so I, I, so I was looking at the index to you. Um, Housing, affordable housing index. And okay. I think... And where do you find that at? So you can find it on the National Association of Realtor websites. Um, there's different websites, government websites you can find it on. And that basically, um, what it does is it, it, it tells you how many years of income it would take an individual to buy an average home in, in that city or that you know geographic area. In Philadelphia, it, it is, from the last time I checked, it is 39 so what that means is it takes an individual 3.9 years, so three years and nine and, um, and nine months of of work of income to buy the average house in that in that city. Now compare that to China. There are certain cities in China that are above 20. Manhattan, for example, is only seven seven. I think it was seven seven point something. 
it's still relatively low. The U.S. in general has a lot of room to grow in terms of real estate. You've got a lot of refugees that are moving here. You've got a lot of immigrants that are moving here. And we are going to need housing. Philadelphia and every other city in the U.S. needs more housing. Look at all the major cities in, in, in America, and you'll realize that they're all in need of ha- affordable housing. So now, do you, because this is something I ran into that I, I'm curious of, and that's about the opportunity zones. Um, do you have any information on the opportunity zones, and what does that mean so, for investors? So here's the thing. Hold on. So opportunity zones, I actually just learned about opportunity zones just recently from an investor of mine. Um, I sent him a property that I thought he was interested in, and he explained to me why it wasn't. He wasn't interested in it, and it's because it wasn't in an opportunity zone. And and what does that mean? So opportunity zone basically is a designation investment program. It's created by the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017, allowing for certain investments um, in lower income areas to have tax advantages. So there's different tax advantages that people try to take advantage of. In certain neighborhoods, and that's just you know you know if you're if you buy property in opportunity zone, there are a lot there's there's a ton of benefits to it in terms when it comes to capital gains tax. I really don't want to get into that right now. We'll get into that another. Yeah, time. we we need another one because you were we, we a couple of weeks ago we were talking a little bit about that as well, right? With yeah. Jesse. Yeah, we were correct. We. But all right, man, the floor is yours, and okay. So, so how can, how can the average person, because honestly, if somebody's watching right now, it's probably because they stumbled upon this and real estate investing sounds like a good idea for everyone. So how can the average person get into this field of, of investing? What I'm going to talk about is hoteling. Hoteling, you have to have money to do hoteling and it depends on which city you're from or which area you're, you're from. Um, for example, in Philadelphia, a hotel property, I would say you need at least anywhere between, you know, thirty-five to forty-five thousand um, dollars. So if you don't have thirty-five to forty-five thousand dollars, and you're in Philadelphia, this isn't for you. Okay, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> <laughs> so here's here's how do you how you hotel a property. So let's let's talk about hoteling a little bit. I don't I don't think I've I've actually talked about it. So in the real estate industry, hoteling is a unique method of buying discounted properties and selling them at or near their retail value. Um, with hoteling, an investor gets a property um, under contract at a discounted price, but instead of assigning the contract, this is what wholesalers do to another investor. They will buy the property outright, um, either relist it as is or make minor co- cosmetic inv- improvements. And then they put it obviously on the market for near market value or above market value. And with the way the real estate industry is trending, everybody's is putting it up for above market value. So wholesaling, if you didn't catch that already, is a combination of the typical wholesaling process and the full flip. Hence its name, a combination of the words wholesale and retail. You know, in order to understand how wholesaling works, I think it's important to understand its origins. Um, and how it's essentially a combination of two other well-established real estate investing strategies, wholesaling and house flipping. I mean, it combines both strategies. Got you. So it's like the in-between. It's it, like the in-between. Exactly. Or you can be on one opposite of one of those spectrums. But here, the thing about this is it doesn't require you to do much work. Sort of like wholesaling when it comes to the amount of work you have to do. But in wholesaling, you're making a lot more money than you would wholesaling a property. 
Got you. So it's, you know, this hoteling is a method that's, that's very unique in a lot of ways. Well, um, so is there, is there any um, of the properties that we listed that was hotel? I actually, yes. So last year alone, I sold, uh, I would say I hoteled about four to five properties. And that, that was our first year doing it. Um, we're in February. We've done two already this year. Um, we're aiming to do anywhere between 10 to 15 hotel properties. And so the first one, for example, um, that we, we did, um, we bought a property. I don't want to say the area exactly, but it's around Strawberry Mansion, not the best area in Philadelphia. We bought it for exactly 35,000. Um, the wholesaler, we bought it from a wholesaler. The wholesaler had it for 30. His assignment fee was five, bought it for 35. Um, we paid transfer tax 2.14% in Philadelphia. It's 4.28% split between the buyer and the seller. And then we obviously um, paid for title insurance. And that, those were our fees. So it came out to about $38,000 in total. We sat on it. Initially, I we bought it um, to fix and flip or maybe fix and hold and, and refinance. And then I looked at the house and I thought, you know, this, this requires a lot of work. I wonder how much it costs to sell it as is without even touching it. Okay. So I looked at the comps in the neighborhood and they were around, I would say anywhere between 50 to $60,000, which is not bad. You're not walking bad. away with about 20,000, but you know, after you pay your, your real estate fees, commission to the buyer's agent, et cetera, et cetera, you probably walk around, walk away with about 15 to $20,000. I said, you know, that's not bad, but I decided to list it for 80,000. I just decided to, I wasn't motivated to sell it, didn't need to sell it. So we listed it for $80,000. Um, three weeks later, we get an offer for 77 and a half. We took it, signed an agreement and sold it. On that deal, um, we made $40,000. In the span of two months, I went into property one time um, and that was it. And that's when I was introduced to hoteling and I fell in love with it. I thought it was the easiest thing in the world. Find deeply discounted properties, buy them, put them on a market and just keep doing it. You do that once or twice a month. Um, you'll be able to probably break a million dollars by the end of the year. Man, <laughs> giving sauce. Trying. The only, the only thing that's different between hoteling and wholesaling besides obviously um, the method and the strategy you use to make money in real estate is wholesaling doesn't require you to have any money wholesaling does but wholesaling brings uh, more return than, than wholesaling would because remember you're buying these already at a discounted rate and you're relisting them at market value or above market value so let's talk about how you can find this deeply discounted rates we, we've harped on us a bunch of times you want to Get the list, you want to skip the list, and you want to call the list. Those are the three steps. That's the easiest way to do it. You want to get the list, you get the list from PropStream. You want to skip the list, you skip the list on Batch Leads, REI Skip, you, different platforms you can use. And then you want to call the list. Here's where a lot of, this is what a lot of wholesalers do. They'll hire a virtual assistant to sit there and call the list. Okay. Don't do that. If you if you're looking to wholesale, don't, do don't do that. No. If you're if you're looking to wholesale a property, if you're looking to buy it for yourself, you make sure you are the one that calls the seller. You have to sound sincere that you're buying a property. You have a virtual assistant call. Listen, if you're in a Philadelphia market, for example, which is saturated with wholesalers, this is the last thing you want to do. 
when you call somebody from that list, more than likely at least five other people have already called them. So you hire true. a virtual assistant, they're going to call and they're going to read off a script more than likely. Seller will hang up in your face. Nine out of ten, ten eight out of ten times. Probably exaggerating a little bit, but a lot of times they'll just hang up. But when you call them personally, number one, you're already buying, you're interested in buying a property for yourself. You are the one that calls the seller. You have to sound sincere that you're buying. What was that? Oh, my bad. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Excuse me, gen- uh, ladies and gentlemen. Go ahead. Yeah, so so you want to recap a little bit. You want to get the list, skip the list, call the list. Again, Get the list, skip the list, call the list. Yes. You want right. to be the one to call them if you're looking to buy it for yourself. Now, if you're, if you're a wholesaler looking to wholesale them, you can do whatever you want. But if you're looking to wholesale a property, you want to call the seller. And you want to be sound sincere. You're buying it. You're not, you're not wholesaling the property. You're not looking to list the property. So you shouldn't have any commission breath, for example. So when you call them, talk to them just like you would to your brother, for example. Hey, how you doing? My name is so-and-so. Am I speaking to the owner of, of this property? Yeah, say, how you doing? Listen, looking in the neighborhood. Um, I ran, I stumbled upon your property. I really like it. Um, would you be interested in selling the property? Yes, no. Um, you'll get different responses. We're not even going to get into the script or the method that I use to talk to these people. Once you get an interested, um, you get somebody that's interested in selling. You always which, oh, keep calling. What you want to do? <laughs> that's the wholesalers calling you right now. What you want to do is, um, you want to go to Bright or whatever system that you use in order to run your comps. Can and you run comps on PropStream? Yeah, you can. You can run comps on PropStream. I run comps on Bright on the MLS. I'm a real estate agent. Um, if you're somebody looking to hotel property and you don't have access to bright, it wouldn't hurt to have a real estate professional run comps for you. A lot of times they're a lot better than running comps than you are. If you're not somebody that's an expert or you haven't been doing real estate for a while, like personally, the way I run comps is I look at the closed properties within 0.25 miles 0.25. within the last 180 days. I might go further. It depends on the neighborhood. I might go 300 days. Uh, that's the max I would go. So you want to first, so if you find somebody that's interested in buying a property, you go to Bright, you check the comps, you go 0.25 miles. You want to look for properties in the same condition and see how much they sold for. You want to counter in your expenses, your your transfer fee, your commission that you're going to have to pay, title insurance, and then obviously other fees like notary, et cetera, et cetera. You add up all your fees. I have a, I have a, a number that I use personally. So I always do 10%. So if I'm buying a property for 100000 I expect to pay $10,000. Okay. And that that's if I'm selling a property, and that includes fees that I have to pay to... So as to, as as a, somebody selling a property, you always have a number in mind off the top. 10%, yeah. And, you know, 5, 5% is usually going go to go to, to the agent. I'm a real estate agent myself, so I could save myself 2.5%, 3%. So you're always paying 25 to 3%. Commission to the agent. Um, you're also going to have to pay transfer tax, and it all varies in which area you're in. Here in Philadelphia, for example, it's um, 4.28 percent. That's split between a buyer and a seller, like we said earlier. And you also have other, you know, title fees that you have to worry about. But I always do 10 percent. It's probably a little less than 10 percent, but I always do 10 percent. So let's say the, the seller that you know the person that's interested in selling the property 
let's say they want a hundred thousand, you go on it bright and look for properties in the same exact condition and they're selling for a hundred and twenty thousand. You might look and say, okay, I'll make twenty thousand. Well, no, you're not gonna make twenty thousand. If you're buying a property for a hundred thousand, you're gonna pay ten you're gonna pay about six, seven percent when you're buying it, and then you're gonna pay another ten percent when you sell it. So there's about fifteen to twenty percent, then you'll just end up breaking even. So it's always important to remember this fifteen to twenty percent. That's your expense to buy and sell the property. And I'm factoring all the fees here. But let's say the guy says I want eighty thousand. Okay, there's potential. I know the I know they're confident one twenty, and if I'm buying it for eighty thousand, probably gonna end up spending about eighty six, eighty seven after all my fees. And then when I sell it, I'm gonna spend let's say another ten thousand dollars in fees. You're spending maybe sixteen, seventeen thousand dollars, but you're selling it for hundred and twenty. You're making forty, forty minus sixteen, seventeen thousand dollars. You're walking away with twenty plus thousand dollars without doing a thing. Besides taking going to the bank, grabbing a check, giving it to the title company, relisting the property, and picking up a check and taking it to the bank and depositing it. So that's the essence of wholesaling. That's how easy it is. Um, again, you need some capital to start off. You might want to get a couple partners if you don't have enough money. You might want to get a couple of your friends to put up maybe $10,000 each. And this is a process, and it's a system actually, that you can... Use over and over and over and over and over again until you can't do any more. Again, we hold we hoteled about five properties last year. We're on pace to hotel anywhere between 10, 15, maybe 20 properties this year. By next year. Already. Yeah, by next year, we're we're aiming at maybe creating a team. Um, and this team specifically focus on hoteling. You know, if you do, let's say you average, on average, we make about 30000 off of every property we do, hotel. If you do 10 properties, 10 times 30, you're looking at $300,000. If you do 20 properties, you're looking at $600,000, and you can do the math yourself. You can keep going until you reach, you know, financial stability, for example. And a lot of times... We buy properties at a hotel, and then we decide to hold them. We end up renting them out and keeping them. Or a lot of times we'll just hold it and decide to just hold it just because we believe the neighborhood is, is going to continue climbing in terms of price. And that's been happening in the real estate industry in America for it, the last three years now. Is Gerard, you know, the Gerard, um, 117 Gerard, was that hotel? No, no. So Gerard is, is owned by uh, by the investor that I work with. He's owned it, I believe, for about like 15 years now. Great property. He bought it for 150000 It's worth over a million now. That just goes to show the return you can get in real estate. Guy held it for 10 plus years and is already at a million dollars in equity. Spent 20% of man, that amount. Listen. Spent 20% of that amount. Think about that. That's crazy, man. And that's real estate on the East Coast, my friend. We was talking to Mike earlier. He was from West Coast, but uh man, listen. So dropping sauce right now. Hoteling, I believe, is the easiest method to make money in real estate if you have some capital. So it's better than it's better than f- buying, fix and flip. I it's the as a real estate agent and a real estate investor, it's the one thing I hate the most. I I 
I've done it a few times and I don't think I'll ever do it again is fix and flip a property. I can't, especially in Philadelphia. It's, you know, we've, we've had to deal with the city with LNI, you know, multiple times and it's never been fun. We've, we've been delayed months on end trying to, you know, get a, get an engineer in there to figure out what the problem is and then get a contractor in there to fix the problem. And then you got to call the LNI to get an inspector out there and you got to pray to God that the inspector says it looks good. Cause if it doesn't, you have to do the process all over again, which is why I stepped away from fix and flips a long time ago. Hoteling is a lot easier. You're buying a property as is you're selling it as is. It's that simple as that. You always want to aim at, you know, there's specific metrics you have to look at in order for you to. And can you break down those metrics? So you always have to. So the first thing you want to look at is obviously um, your sale price. Okay. You want to compare your sale price with the market value. And then you also always factor in the 10 to 15% up to 20% depends on which area you're working in. And that's your expense. But once you learn it, it's pretty easy. I can I can look at a property, go to Bright on my phone. It takes me five minutes to figure out whether I can hotel this property or not. Even if you can't hotel it. All right. So for um, just give some numbers for examples. What kind of numbers? <laughs> I mean, like, all right. So if you're looking at Bright, you see a property. What what are what numbers are you looking at? What metrics? So I always let's say it's like a hundred grand. I look at, I look at a twenty percent return every single time. So in order for me to make 20% off a property, the property has to be bought at 35% below market value initially. So if it's bought at 35% below market value and you're looking to get 20% back, your 15% will cover your expenses. The 20% is all profit. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So I think next time, man, well, you should, you... so let's, Let's talk about a property we are hoteling now, for example. It's on a 3300 block of Master Street. Now, this property we bought for $20,000 last month. Okay. I get a call from a wholesaler. He says, hey, listen, Alice, I got a property. I'm looking to sell it. I don't want to make any money off of it. I have it in the contract for $20,000. Do you want it or no? I said yes. I I didn't even ask him about the address. You want to know why I said yes? Can you find a property for twenty thousand dollars in Philadelphia? Not at all. Can you can you like find a house in Philadelphia for twenty? I don't care what kind of work it needs. You're not going to be able to find one. The lowest I've seen now is about forty thousand dollars. That's if you go into deep North Philly, um, the Kensington areas. Other than that, you're not going to find a property for twenty thousand. He said, "Do you want the address?" I said, "Send me the address, of course, but send me the assignment as well. I'll sign it. And I'll close tomorrow." He said, perfect, that's what I need. I need somebody that can close tomorrow. So signed the assignment, went in the next day to the title company. Um, title was already ordered, completed, and done. We went in the next day to the title company, um, paid for it, 20000 um, Two weeks later, put it back on a market for 50000 <laughs> A week Yo. later, we get an offer for $47.5. Yo. We signed oh, the agreement, man. 275 now, it's a cheap property, so our expenses aren't going to be that much. Transfer tax, title insurance, commission fees. We're probably looking at five, $6,000. So we made 22000 on a property we didn't see, on a property we didn't go to, on a property that we did absolutely nothing with. Again, same concept. 
Uh, go to man. the bank, pick up the check, go to the title company, drop it off. Go back to the title company, pick up a check, go back to the bank and drop it off. That's that's all we did. Oh, man. And that's the beauty of wholesaling. And that's uh, why I believe more and more investors should look into wholesaling. It's a lot easier than fix and flips and any other method besides wholesaling. I mean, if you've, if you've mastered wholesaling, you've mastered your finances. Let's just put it that way. And you were giving me a little breakdown of of how you look at your finances and real estate, right? Yeah, so so I have more than one source of income. Um, I have, I, I don't know exactly how many, um, but... I'm a realtor. I'm a real estate agent. And, you know, I focus on real estate, being an agent and listings, um, not as much as I used to, but I try to focus on it enough to cover all my expenses. So everything I get, all the listings I get uh, from clients, all the buyers that I work with, and I work with a lot of buyers, um, specifically investors. I try to not to work with first-time home buyers. Um, it, it can be fun. It can be exciting to work for first-time home buyers. There's a lot of satisfaction in it. However, it's a lot of work, especially in our market today. Um, especially. especially. Yeah, let's not even <laughs> think. A chance that, that uh, might not, your offer might not get accepted. <laughs> There's a big chance your offer might not get expe- accepted. But anyway, so that's, you know, that's what we, um, that's what I do. Everything I make in terms of real estate and REMAX, um, that's that's what I spend all my expenses, my rent, my, my bills, my utilities, car, gas, everything, everything we make on wholesaling, wholesaling, um, other sources of income that gets either reinvested or it gets saved. Nice, nice, nice. Man, you dropping sauce right now. I think it's something everyone can do. Um, especially realtors. I, yeah, I, I see Kevin's on here. Kevin Cole is my guy. Uh, um, thanks for tapping in. I don't know if going on, Kevin. he's ever heard of this. Yeah, but... I think realtors, especially we have, so we have a platform as realtors. Um, we're always listening about real estate. We're always gaining knowledge in terms of real estate. And we, you know, you can talk to 10 different real estate agents or probably give you 10 different answers on how to find leads. Um, but yeah, you, can, you, you know, my, you know, my answer for leads, right? What is, we're doing it right now. Yes, sir. It's social media, marketing, content creation. Um, I and, personally like to get in front of my seller. So I, like I said, I get the list, I skip the list, and I call the list. And um, But that's, it's important for realtors, I think, to look, to try to look into that. Um, whether you're buying and holding, listen, you don't have to hold till, the reason I hold sale properties because I have to increase my capital. Uh, but there are some people that just buy and hold. And I, that's the level I think we should all strive to get to, is to be able to buy properties and hold them for future generations to come. And that's how you create generational wealth. Real estate, I, th- I believe I read this a long time ago. I don't know the exact number now. 80% of, of millionaires and billionaires um, started in real estate and and not invest in real estate. I think that number is bigger when it comes to people that invest in real estate in terms of millionaire and billionaires. But I read that about 80% of them start in, in real estate. So, I mean, let's let that sink in. It was here since the beginning of time, right? It, 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 real estate, that's... And it's... It's something I think us as people in general will always um, will, will always be attracted to, right? Real estate, owning land, owning properties, um, being the owner of something itself sounds good. Well, you know, especially as 
uh, husbands, fathers, um, like me and you are. Yeah, I mean, that's... Um, legacy, right? Exactly. Legacy. Leaving something to the kids. And that's and that's that's the, the main goal here for me personally is, you know, I don't I don't want the I don't want the family to have to worry about the bills like we did growing up. Um, I want them to focus on education. I don't want them to, to focus on anything else besides knowledge, um, you know, love, family, um, religion. Uh, first and foremost, most important thing in my yeah, opinion. Shout out to God, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> shout out to the big G-O-D, baby. <laughs> we love you, God. So, And, and that, that's something else that's interesting, interesting, right? Me and you are from different walks of faith, but we're able to um, come together of course. Um, and, and, and do this, man. Because me as a realtor, um, bro, like I appreciate you because I came into real estate and, um, you know, instantly we just... We just hit it off, but it, it wasn't like for business. It was just like, you seem like a long lost cousin, right? Yeah, we just. <laughs> you like my cousin, bro. It's like a friend you haven't seen in years. And when you see them, it's like you just were, them, were with them yesterday. Yeah, um, man. It's it's a beautiful thing, man. It's, it is. It's it an is. awesome thing. So uh, I think we're running up against time here. We're running up against time. So now let me ask you a couple questions before closing, right? Yes. If you're a real estate agent. And you watch this. Uh, what advice would you give them? Talk to more sellers. So it's that simple. I mean, it's and you don't have to call them and introduce yourself as a realtor. You have to disclose that you're a real estate agent, obviously by law. But just talk to more people. Just talk to more people about selling, about real estate, whatever the case may be. If you're out and about, and you meet, you know, somebody in a restaurant, and you guys start talking. Hey, do do you do real estate? Um, well, my name is so-and-so and I do real estate, I'm a real estate edge. Actually, here's my card. Um, call people. Um, you see a sign for sale by owner, for example, call the guy. Hey, I'm a real estate agent. You know, what made you list the price for 300,000? You know, I think they're worth a little more, a little less. Um, you know, the list you skip, call the guy that owns this property on the 2200 block of so of such and such. And you call them, Hey, you have to pay your taxes in three years, dude. What do you think is going to happen next? Yo. Do you know what's going to happen? Um, yeah, I do. Okay, well, here's what I can do. I can get you out of your problem. I can buy the property off of you and pay the taxes for you. What do you think of that? Um, call somebody that's been living in his house for 15, 20 years, 20 plus years. Hey, you've been here for 20 plus years. Have you thought about upgrading? You have a lot of equity in this property. You can take that equity and put it on a new home. Um, you know, you maybe you want to call um, a guy that inherited a property. Hey, I saw that your, your dad died. Not too long ago. Sorry to hear that. Is there any way, um, you know, I can talk to somebody that's in charge here that are you interested in selling? It? I'm guessing you want to sell it. Do you have any brothers? I'm, there's there's a million different ways and there's a million different people to talk to. You just have to talk to them. It's that simple. And you don't have to master the art of a script or whatever the case may be in order for you to talk to them. Just talk to them. It's that simple. The more people you talk to, the more comfortable you'll become in talking to people in general. And eventually it becomes a cakewalk. You'll talk to a potential seller like you're talking to your own brother. And and one thing I think people need to understand in, in real estate is whether you're a real estate agent or you don't, you still have a fiduciary duty to uphold. And I hate this with wholesaling, and it's just why I, I, I do wholesaling, but I, I have I have certain caps on, on numbers that I go. I, I don't make more than $10,000 off of each property unless we're going into the millions 
Um, so I've seen this happen once before. I was at a settlement table for a property I was helping my investor buy. The seller walked away with seven thousand. The wholesaler walked away with twenty five thousand. <laughs> Where? Think about that. Yo. The seller walked away with seven, eight grand. I forget exactly how much, but it was definitely less than ten thousand. The wholesale's assignment fee was twenty five thousand dollars. That's inhumane, in my opinion. That's crazy. Number one, I asked the seller, "Why did you accept this this offer?" Oh, that's how much they told me my my house was worth. Well, no, sir, your house is not worth that much. It's and worth triple that, that amount. But that that's even me as a realtor, right? When I came in, I heard a lot about wholesaling, but I didn't I didn't want to learn about wholesaling because because of like trying to you yeah. know take advantage of people. And I thought that. Do. If I can get somebody that wants to sell their house, but it's not market material, you know what I'm saying? And it can be wholesale. I would definitely like to know how to do that. So personally, like when I wholesale a property, it's, it's always, okay, here's how much is, here's how much they're going for on a market. I always say, Hey, this is your property. And I, I do a CMA for them and I, I give them um, a list of comps of houses on the same block or houses within 0.2 miles away. Same condition. Here's how much they sold for. I have two options for you. We can list the house for this price. Um, or I can see if one of my investors is interested in buying it. And if my investor is interested in buying it, then I will just assign it to them. If they decide that that's the price that they want and they want to market it and they want to get more people to come in the door and look at the house and, and field offers, then boom. Then we do it that way. We'll list it. So, you know, a lot of people sometimes don't like to work with agents because they don't want people coming in and out of their house. They don't want showings. Um, they might think that our fees are ridiculous, but in reality, they're not. You That's when you wholesale property. Other than that, you want to listen. What do you it. say to any investors, right, that don't like using realtors? Like what? Like, how do you even do that? Right. So I met a guy um, last week in Chester. He's got about like 300 properties he wants to sell. So I stumble upon this guy, give him a call, talk. I said, hey, you know, you own, you know, over 300 properties. Um, have you thought about selling them? He said, yeah, actually, I have. Are you working with an agent? No. Um, how are you selling these? Uh, just talking to people about it. So I schedule an appointment to go see the guy. I get down there. Um, you know, my name's Alice, Marie Max Affiliates, so-and-so. And... The guy was just, there was no way to convince the guy to put a property on the MLS. First, I didn't get an, I didn't, I mean, I didn't hear a reason, a valid reason why. One of them was, you know, I just like to sell them as is. Okay, well, I understand you like to sell them as is, but why don't you list them? You'll expose your properties to more buyers. Um, you know, it gets listed on over 100 websites where investors, buyers in general can see. And there was just absolutely no way to convince the guy to list it. Even I even offered him a cheaper commission rate than I usually offer. Um, you know, I tried everything with the guy and there was just no way. He said, if one of your investors is interested in buying one of my properties, let me know how much they want to offer and I'll pay you whatever you want. Or you can just add your fee to, to the price that I want. I said, no problem. And I mean, listen, people don't, some people don't like working with real estate agents because... They believe that we charge too much. Well, that's not true. Like 5%, 6% is really not much compared to when wholesalers charge you $30,000, $40,000 to assign your property to somebody else. 
And a lot of times, keep this in mind, when wholesalers assign a property, when wholesalers assign a property, they're usually assigning it below market value. So you're not just losing the assignment fee. You're also losing the wholesalers. You know, they have to price it below market value. So you're also losing that ten, twenty thousand dollars because wholesalers can't sell a property at market value unless this property is very unique. That makes sense. It does. It does. It makes a lot of sense. And um, man, so honestly, bro, I think I think we need to do a series, bro. I think we will. I, I think we're gonna I, listen. I want to talk about the the ugly in real estate, and I think it's important for people to understand the ugly in real estate. There, there's a lot of cons in real estate, and if, and, and the other thing too is we can we can definitely, you know, you're my partner, man, in real estate, so we can definitely, you know, take this to the streets, yeah, and just like we did with that one house, you know yeah, what I mean? We'll, we'll and, go visit a couple a couple of the properties that we're wholesaling. Um, we'll visit some properties that we're wholesaling. We'll get on the phone. I'll show you exactly what I say to these sellers when I call them. We can we can we can record that and share it. Um, but I also want to. Can we, can we give it to our folks over here on on the cam? Yeah, on the tube. Trying to figure out where the, cam the network the over there. <laughs> Listen, man, your network, man, is your net worth, That's and um, I'd rather not hang out with any other um, type of people than people that are determined to do exactly what my brother Alice is, and that's thinking outside of the box, um, doing something different, daring to be different, and actually getting some success in it, and. Um, that's how it is for me, man. Like, um, I, I'm always thinking outside the box in terms of lead generation and I will never pay Zillow. I will never pay Zillow because I feel like through digital media, um, content creation podcasts, you can actually put out enough content to actually qualify your buyers. Yeah. Um, so that way when they, by the time they get to you they're they have enough, they have consumed enough of your content to become educated enough to make a decision to do business. 100%. I don't know why nobody else does, but it's all good. Listen, uh, I think it's 341. I have an appointment. Yeah, yeah, we got call, to go. actually, 345. Um, listen, we're going to, next time we get on, we're going to talk about what sellers need to be aware of. I know a lot of people talk about buyers, but let's talk about what sellers need to watch out for when it comes to selling a property. Um, whether you're, whether you're dealing with a real estate agent, wholesaler, investor, whatever the case may be, we're going to dive deep in it. Mm. Um, if you're a seller out there, if you're anybody looking to sell a property, here's a few things you need to watch out for, and we'll get into it next time we get on. Um, I hope people learned um, about wholesaling. I think I hope it's something that you know you can actually implement into your own strategy. And um, you know, like I said, in order for you to find those deals, just get on the phone, talk to people, and eventually somebody will say yes. Law of Average. It's LOA's. Justin, thank you for having me on. Pleasure. Yo, us. Thanks, thanks for coming on the yes, show, sir. man. I know we've had some technical difficulties, but um, practice makes perfect. Yeah. So um, I feel like because there was a lot of distractions, I didn't even really get the real interview. So um, we'll be back on. We're going to be back on weekly, right? Yes, sir. We're here every week. Uh, we're going to do a few series, a few episodes. Um, we'll educate people on on the real estate industry in general. Say less. I know my man Kevin. If you tapping in, um, we got some stuff planned as well. So, uh, value, value, value for the people, right? That's that's what it's all about. Um, Sir, on year, thanks for um, giving me. Uh, I'm gonna follow you. I don't know if you followed me, but appreciate you. Um, 
Kevin, my guy, hit me. Um, definitely, definitely. Yo, there you are. There you are. Listen. What's up, man? It just took a while. Took a while to get me get me on. I don't know what's going on with my microphone, but yeah, man, it was, that was that was good stuff, man. We'll be up. Thanks, man. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, we got to listen to you. We got to get you on here. Definitely, man. I'll be on there. That'd be lovely, man. You know, the crazy thing is, like, um, all right, so you're on Clubhouse, but we're live on YouTube, but people can hear you. That's the funny thing. <laughs> you're through my, um, yeah. Anyways, you're on YouTube right now. So let me introduce you real quick because we got some things coming up and we're about to end. But um, for anybody that's listening, I got Kevin Cole's. Uh, it was an honor to be able to be next to him at the award ceremony. He got two awards, number three agent in Mount Erie, um, as well as the 100% Club. Congratulations, um, Kevin. Yeah, yeah, let's give him some. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> Put the Michael Myers theme song on earlier. Yeah. <laughs> so there we go. Um, but yeah, man. So it, I'm really excited, man, because I, I'm around some really great people. And I know me and Kevin got some things that are about to be lined up. Um, so yeah, man, what, what's the one thing, man, that since we're on here live, bro, that you would, you would just like to to say about yourself and what you're looking to do for the people? Oh man, I, I would say, listen, man, I'm just looking to educate people, um, on the real estate industry, um, whether that be investing as well, or, you know, if you're a buyer, whether first time, second time home buyer, um, I know, uh, we spoke a couple of times. I also got the international business going on. Um, with with my Mexico business, so that's something that I see a need that people are going to ultimately, you know, if you're into it, it's it's another niche. So uh, that's that's a little bit about me and a couple of things that I'm interested in teaching people and letting people know some of the things that we got coming up here in the future. Yes, yes sir. Kev, appreciate you, man. Um, I'm actually going to hit you up by the end of the day, so let's get ready, man. Get get that information ready for the people, man. Definitely, man. Appreciate it. All right, I'll talk to you guys. Yep.